Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Thursday, January 14th, and it is a Boston Bruins game day. For the first time in about 10 months, the Boston Bruins will take to the ice for a regular season NHL game in New Jersey to take on the Devils. We'll tee that up today by taking a quick look at what you can expect, as well as a chat with Trey Matthews, the host of the Locked On Devils podcast. Before we get into that, let me remind you that you can keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins, as well as Instagram at Locked On Boston Bruins. You can also find me on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. Please subscribe to Locked On Bruins on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever else you listen. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. For those of you who might be tuning in for the first time because it is a Bruins game day, my name, of course, is Ian. I'm a lifelong Bruins fan, following this team since mid to late 80s. Been writing about hockey for about 15 years now. Covered hockey full-time as a news editor for The Score for about five years. Have since covered an OHL championship up here in Guelph, Ontario, where I live, about an hour west of Toronto. And now, yeah, just doing some digital marketing by day and hosting this podcast on the side. And I'm very thankful to be able to chat about our favorite hockey team here every single day. So the Bruins are in New Jersey at the moment gearing up for tonight's game against the New Jersey Devils and they will also be staying around for Saturday's afternoon game against the same Devils to open up the season. Patrice Bergeron said he's looking forward to it. It's been a long time coming since the bubble. It's been a long offseason. That being said it's a bit of a shorter camp so it's great to be able to get going right away get on the road and start playing some games. It's obviously a little different this year because there were no preseason games. The intensity, though, he said, and the energy level in scrimmages was really high. And all the Bruins know it might take a little adjustment early on, but they're all feeling good and looking forward to it. It's an abbreviated 56-game schedule that kicks off tonight with just four playoff spots available in each division. So the Bruins know that a strong start will be crucial to their success this season. I've said a few times that one of the things that impressed me about last season's Bruins was the fact that they did come out and play very strongly out of the gate after the letdown of the 2019 Stanley Cup final against the Blues. However, this time around, there's no Zdeno Chara, there's no Tori Krug, and David Pasternak is sidelined by offseason hip surgery. So Bergeron, the new captain, Admitted it's a great challenge for the team. The positive out of it is all the guys that are still on the back end or the new young players. They've also been around for a few years now. They know the system. And I feel like that transition might be a little easier for them. But that being said, 
The Bruins need to get together and find ways to be good right away. There is no question about that. With a shortened season and lots of games, the start is really going to be important, and the Bruins are definitely aware of that. But they also know there's going to be some new lines, some new players, and they need to make sure they find that chemistry, lots of communication, and be ready to make sure they stay the course during that kind of uh, transition period into the new season. Now, of course, COVID-19 is a massive storyline this season. The NHL released a list of 27 names of players who are unavailable due to COVID-19 protocols. Bruins winger Carson Kuhlman was the only Bruin on the list. He did practice in a non-contact jersey on Tuesday for the first time since camp began, but obviously will not be available. And the Bruins, you know, they've seen what's going on in the NBA where there's been some postponements, some um, COVID-19 contact tracing issues, and yeah, these hockey games will not be played in a bubble. And so Bergeron acknowledged it's definitely different than what they experienced in the Toronto bubble. And it's going to be on the players to make sure they make this thing work and they're cautious and careful doing the right things. There are a lot of protocols already in place. There's been meetings about what they can and cannot do and how they should handle things. And he, as a captain, is going to send reminders to guys talking to them, making sure they're doing the right things, and they realize kind of the importance of all of this. In terms of the lineup for tonight's game, no surprises based on what we saw all through camp. The top line, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and Jack Stanika, who's filling in for the injured Pasternak. Now, Marchand had missed some skates earlier this week. Bruce Cassidy on Tuesday said he was... A game time decision, quote unquote, but that he was confident that he would be ready to go, and it appears as though that will indeed be the, the case. Jake DeBrusque, David Krejci, Andre Kasha on the second line, Nick Ritchie, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith on the third line. Those two middle groups, Bruce Cassidy really worked hard in training camp to keep them together, to build some chemistry, and to get those new right wingers acclimated to their line mates and also Nick Ritchie. He acknowledged that Kasha and Ritchie, you can't really uh, read too much into what happened last season, seeing as they came over late and then the season was shut down due to COVID. The bubble was a whole different experience. So it's kind of a fresh start for both of those ducks. And hopefully we see that they are all that they're quacked up to be. On the fourth line, we have Anders Bjork, Sean Corrali, and Chris Wagner. Defensive pairings, Jeremy Lozon, Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, Brandon Carlo, Jacobs Borrell, and Kevin Miller, and then Tuka Rask will get the start in net. Now, the Devils, we're going to get into them a little bit more here in a minute as I share a chat I had with Trey Matthews, the host of the Locked On Devils podcast. But you should know that they are have a new general manager, Tom Fitzgerald, and a new head coach in Lindy Ruff. And despite the fact that they did finish last in the Metro Division last season, there are some very talented players on this team that should not be overlooked. Kyle Palmieri, who's always a Bruins trade deadline uh, target, he led the club with 25 goals and 45 points in 65 games last season. 
First-year NHLer Nikita Gusev had 44 points, 13 goals, 31 assists, while former number one overall pick Nico Heischer was third with 36 points. Now, he's still recovering from an off-season injury and will not play in the opener, and the um, Devils are therefore expecting or hoping that last year's first overall pick, Jack Hughes, will take a next step after only recording seven goals and 14 assists in 61 games as a rookie. They added Ryan Murray in a trade from Columbus, Dmitry Kulikov via free agency, re-signed Sammy Vatnin, and in this chat with uh, Trey, we'll get into uh, more about P.K. Subban, the goaltending, and all that. But before I share that chat, let's talk for a moment about betonline.ag. With NHL hockey games in full swing, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust for the best odds, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can also visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG on Twitter and Instagram to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Speaking of bets, you can now subscribe to the new Locked On Bets podcast. Doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to this new podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, joined now by Trey from the Locked On Devils podcast. And of course, the Bruins and Devils will play two games in New Jersey to kick off the season. And uh, yeah, nice to nice to chat with you today, Trey. How are you doing? I am doing great, Ian. Uh, great to be here. And let's just talk some hockey for the first time in forever. I know, right? It's uh, seems like... It's been so long since uh, had actual hockey to talk about, and uh, how uh, how excited are you about the Devils for this coming season? What's uh, what's kind of your outlook in general for this team? Okay, so obviously, you know, I, it, it's been a while for for me and the Devils because I haven't spoken about them in about ten months. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Talking about like live play at least you got to talk about the boston bruins in the bubble so we were the only metropolitan team to not be invited to the nhl's restart bubble this past summer so you know that really sucks and um i i i like the improvement that the devils have and i've talked about this on my show uh you know we've had a turbulent um training camp so far because you know uh, we have a few injuries. It took a while for us to re-sign some of our guys. And also Corey Crawford's shocking retirement didn't yeah. help things. So, um, you know, I, for the Devils, uh, I, I, I just must say, I, I think we're just in the wrong division. We're just in too tough of a division because I, I said in my prediction, I said, there's no way we're going to beat you guys. There's no way we're going to beat the Flyers. I said best case scenario, an absolute best case scenario. We could uh, maybe finish fifth, but obviously that's best case scenario, worst case scenario, which is the most likely scenario. We're going to finish dead last or close to last. Yeah, that's a uh, full disclosure. That's uh, what I picked for them on my podcast, doing some predictions on, uh, I guess it was Wednesday show. I think, 
yeah, unfortunately the devils, there's a, there's a lot of talent there and there's a lot to be excited about, but uh, probably in this division with Buffalo adding, you know, Taylor Hall and uh, they have Rasmus Dahlin, hopefully going to break out that the devils unfortunately seemed bound for the lottery again. Uh, I did have a, a, a question kind of with a uh, personal bias uh, behind it, but in one of my keeper hockey leagues, I have Jack Hughes and he kind of disappointed last season. Uh, are you expecting him to, to take a, a bigger step forward this season and how much of an impact can he have? Do you think uh, this coming season? Absolutely. I think, um, I think Jack Hughes is due for a breakout season this year. He gained a, uh, 14 to 16 pounds, which is important because he looked very weak uh, coming off the puck. People were able to, you know, just uh, move him right off the puck like if he was a rag doll. So that's really important for him. Um, he's quick. He's uh, smart. And um, I think if you put him with the right uh, lines mates, then I think he'll do well because uh, he did well last season with uh, a pairing of Coleman and Hall. But unfortunately, right, yeah. uh, most of his most of his line mates were uh Wayne Simmons and Miles Wood and you know no disrespect to those two players but that's not gonna really get it done obviously I'm not trying to make excuses for Jack Hughes because statistically he had the worst uh performance from a first overall forward uh since uh Joe Thornton in 1997 but you know Joe Thornton uh carved out a, a nice, uh, you know, role for himself in the league for a long time and, you know, iconic Sharks player. So I think it's going to be, um, I, I think for the most part, Jack Hughes is due for a breakout year. And I think that's uh, something that I told my listeners to be on the lookout for. Right. And I also want to ask you this. So yeah. you guys, uh, you guys, if I'm correct, had the best record in the league last year, right? That's correct. Yep. Uh, so I said in my show that the Boston Bruins are going to be looking for vengeance because you guys win the president's trophy, obviously, you know, best record. People expect you to come out victorious and, you know, give Boston another championship, but obviously that didn't happen. And you guys um, ended up losing to the eventual uh, champion uh, Tampa Bay lightning. So in five games, nonetheless. So, what what can we see from Boston? Because I think the I think uh, for Boston they're going to be coming out with a vengeance this year. Yeah, I mean I'm certainly still a little bitter about the fact that they had to play that play in round going into the the bubble playoffs and they ended up losing the top seed to the the Flyers and finishing with the fourth seed, even though they were only they were the only team to get 100 points in the NHL last year. Um, I look back to kind of when they lost game seven to the St. Louis blues in the the 2019 final. And I thought they were going to come out flat uh, to begin last season and that there'd be a bit of a hangover there. But what we really see with this team is um, a pretty strong sense of continuity. And um, that really helps them to, just yeah maintain that kind of even keel no matter what's going on now they did lose of course Zidane Chara they did lose Tori Krug and those are the kind of the biggest holes to fill the biggest questions for this team but you know they still have Tuka Rask playing at a high level Patrice Bergeron's a new captain uh, David Krejci Brad Marchand those are kind of the leaders on the team that uh, help bring that kind of stabilizing presence. And yeah, there's not really any guarantee that 
um, this core will stay intact for much longer. So this could be their last true kick at the Stanley cup with Rask, with Krejci, uh, Bergeron's getting older. So I think, yeah, they, they were pretty disappointed with how last season ended. Um, and they should come out pretty strong and hopefully <laughs> taking, taking four points here from the devils to, uh, to begin the season. So is there any chance, like, I, I, I need you to provide some hope for my listeners. Is there any chance that maybe the Devils can upset the Bruins? What would have to go wrong for the Bruins? I mean, it might not even be what goes wrong. There's certainly some young defensemen that uh, are kind of getting, not their first taste of NHL action, but are pretty raw. So um, the Devils could certainly get behind them and create some chances. But I think... And I was going to ask you about uh, this guy as well, uh, a guy that Bruins fans are certainly familiar with uh, from his Montreal Canadiens days. And that's, of course, P.K. Subban, who seems to be uh, coming into the season with a bit of a chip on his shoulder after a very disappointing last season with the Devils. And I think he could be a real X factor playing against uh, an old familiar opponent like the Bruins. If he comes out uh, pretty fired up, and just, you know, throwing around the body, letting his, his wicked slap shot go um, on the power play, especially. I think he could be a, a real difference maker uh, in these games against the Bruins. What are your impressions of him in training camp so far? So it's funny you actually bring up uh, his slap shot and the power play. Uh, that's actually what uh, killed us last year because uh, P.K. Subban was horrendous in the power play. And he, he became very uh, predictable. So like you can't just keep shooting at the point area because most of his shots uh, from that area got blocked. So right. you, you, you make yourself predictable and vulnerable. So uh, the one thing for PK Subban is, is that he started to work his way deeper into the slot area and it actually was becoming more successful for him. And he was also creating rebounds for his team because he led his, uh, his team in second opportunities to try to get a goal. So I think for PK Subban is that he needs to be adaptable because I think um, he's trying to play too much of what he used to be. So uh, when you get older, you have to use your mind to, in order to be successful. So uh, for PK Subban, I would say that he needs to look at more film because what he's, uh, what he's doing isn't, uh, you know, his age per se, I'm sure that plays a factor, but you know, as you are, are in the league longer and longer and your style of play continues to stay the same it makes yourself uh very uh how would i say it uh predictable so right. uh in my honest op uh, opinion i think uh i think pk suban can have a a better year if he's smarter and adaptable and tries to give more uh assist opportunities for the young fours that like Heizer and hughes and you know just create second chance uh, uh goal opportunities for the devils because he was really good in that category last year so uh, I, and also I'm so, I'm so sad that, uh, he and Lindsey Vaughn broke up. So maybe <laughs> yeah. that can be an extra chip on the shoulder, you know, right, yeah. you know, nothing like playing a game with a heartbreak. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And are there any other kind of players that, uh, Bruins fans should keep an eye on that, that could do some damage, maybe some guys that people don't know as much about or, or who could surprise early on in the season. Okay, my dark horse, my sleeper, my listeners know who I'm about to talk about because <laughs> I've been talking about him the last few weeks, especially since he got his extension. It's Mackenzie Blackwood. Okay. I personally feel as though 
Mackenzie Blackwood, if he was with a better defensive system and, you know, the advanced analytics and also the defensive uh, numbers for the Devils back it up. If Mackenzie Blackwood was with a better defensive unit mm-hmm. and not having to make all these stops, you know, by himself, I think he would have been considered one of the top goalies in the league. And I think he would have, uh, you know, gotten more attention for it. So like, uh, you know, last season, uh, you know, the numbers don't pop out at you. So he played in 47 games. Um, he started in 43 of them. Uh, his record was 22 and 14. Um, his goals against average was 0.77 with a save percentage of 915. Yes, those numbers don't really impress you. They don't jump out at you. But think of it like this. Don't you think if he was in a better defensive system on a better team, maybe like your team, for example, yeah. I think he would be considered one of the top goalies in the league, top top 10 at least. So uh, that's another question uh, that I have to leave for you. Uh, how how does uh, Boston's uh, defense stack up with the New Jersey Devils? And I know, Lance, I know the difference is night and day, but I just have to say, like, uh, is there any chance we can, like, breach it? I mean, yeah, especially with um... – Chara not there with, with Tori Krug not there. There's definitely some question marks on the left side. The Bruins are going to have, uh, looks like Jeremy Lozon on the, on the first pair with Charlie McAvoy. Now McAvoy, I think um, he could emerge as a sneaky, maybe not Norris finalist, but maybe top 10 in the Norris voting this year. Uh, so he's strong, but Jeremy Lozon kind of a, a second round pick who's, only had a handful of, of starts at the NHL level. He did look pretty solid last year, but not, you know, flashy by any means. And then on the the third line or the third pairing, it'll be um, Jacobs Borrell, who, who was a 2015 first round pick, uh, who was a bit of a, uh, an eyebrow raiser with that selection uh, with Kevin Miller, who hasn't played much at all in like almost two years. So uh, that third pairing definitely will be um, there for the taking. And, and if the uh, Devils with that home ice advantage can get a, a favorable matchup with some of their younger, quicker guys out against uh, Zborl and Miller particularly, then they could be easily caught off guard and, and sneak behind them and, and get some pretty good chances there on, on Tuka Rask. So I think that will be uh, – that will be a big test early on for, uh, for that pairing specifically, I think. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Bruins definitely have a lot to prove and, you know, they definitely do have a, uh, a chip on their shoulder just to do better. And obviously I'd expect you guys and also the flyers to rank, to remain on top of the, uh, Eastern division and, like I said, I just think the Devils are just in the wrong division because we're just in, in too tough of a, a division to really make any noise. But who knows? Who knows? May, you know, I said, you know, maybe we can finish above teams like, you know, like the Sabres and, you know, maybe best case scenario, finish fifth. I don't think that'll be good for a playoff position, but, you know, um, I, I, it's improvement. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, to watching these couple games to start the season, I guess, uh, Thursday night. And then Saturday afternoon, uh, they'll be playing both games in New Jersey, which is a different thing uh, in this uh, COVID era for hockey. But but yeah, I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to to seeing how these two games play out for sure. And uh, I'm excited to uh, even watch some of these younger Devils guys. And it's always fun to watch PK against the Bruins as well. So should be pretty good, uh, no matter what happens for sure. And, and here's the thing: uh, one one final. 
thing. Um, yeah. uh, there, there's no uh, home ice advantage. So like there's no <laughs> right. fans in attendance. Obviously, yeah. I think the fans will be like, you know, generated from like uh, the shell video game. Right. I think that's what they're going to do, similar to what the NBA is doing and the MLB is doing, uh, you know, just getting sounds from a video game to try to give the players that fan atmosphere obviously won't be the same because there's no fans like hockey fans. It's just right. it's just a fact. So so, you know, they, it, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference for the uh, Bruins, whether they're playing in New Jersey or, or Boston, because, you know, there's not going to be a lot of traveling uh, period this, this uh, season because we're, we're just going to be playing the Sabres, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers, the Penguins, and the Capitals uh, all throughout the year. And that could get redundant or, you know, it could uh, work to your advantage or it could be to your detriment. But yeah, yeah, no team will have a home home rank advantage, except if you're in Texas, because I think they're allowing some. (laughs) Yeah, true. I'm just glad they'll all be uh, Eastern time zone starts. We don't have to worry about staying up till... 12 o'clock or one o'clock to see some of these West coast uh, games with, with our teams for sure. That'll be a nice bonus. <laughs> well, I go to bed. I go to bed at four anyway. Oh my gosh. That's nuts. Well, uh, Trey, thanks so much yeah. for taking some time to chat and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch base again throughout the season when uh, these two teams play one of their, you know, seven games against each other uh, down the road. RockAuto.com is a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. And of course, with the news that Keith Yandel has fallen out of favor with the Florida Panthers, he is being linked to the Boston Bruins as a potential fit by at least one hockey writer, Matt Larkin from SI.com in the Hockey News. He wonders what's next for Yandel now that the Panthers are trying to ease him out of their lineup. He does have a no-movement clause that prevents him from being placed on their taxi squad unless he agrees to waive that clause. They could start the season by making him a healthy scratch, ending his 866-game Ironman streak. In 69 games for the Panthers last season, he averaged 19 minutes in 42 games on the blue line with 5 goals, 40 assists for 45 points, 2 goals, and 19 assists on the power play, which may be a reason why he's being linked to the Bruins because A, he's a left-hand shot, power play could fill in, the role that Tori Krug vacated, 
Plus, he's a mask guy, and Boston is always linked to the local players. Uh, he does have a $6.35 million annual average cap hit through 2022-23, which is very prohibitive in terms of teams being interested. The only way this could work is if the Panthers took on a contract like John Moore and also retained a significant portion of his cap hit. Otherwise, I don't really see that happening. The other big potential player movement story to keep an eye on is Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Columbus Blue Jackets. John Tortorella on Wednesday confirmed on the radio that Dubois wants out. He said he spoke to the team. It's a bit different than Panarin and Bobrovsky. He's a 22-year-old kid. Doesn't happen that often that you trade a player uh, his age. So he has been honest with the group, saying that he does indeed want out. Tortorella said, I wish he had been a little more honest as far as reasons why. Still haven't really gotten to that, but I think he needs to speak on that. I won't. Um, He said, Dubois has had a good camp, but it's a short leash with me as far as this is concerned. He needs to continue to do the things to help this team win and be the best teammate he can be, or I'm not sure where it goes. It's a situation, and we'll get to it day by day. Um, So, yeah, really tantalizing piece on the market the Bruins of course should be one of the teams that would be interested all other 30 teams should be interested in a 22 year old potential franchise center and what the cost would be whether or not they can pull it off that remains to be seen Tortorella added it's very difficult to me when a guy doesn't want to be here at such a young age and the amount of time we've poured into him to try to develop him and is just looking to go. It's hard for me. I'm not sure where it goes with me as the season gets going, I'll be quite honest with you, because I want to spend my time developing the people that want to be here. But I still have to coach the hockey team to the best it can be. So very interesting situation in Columbus. Uh, obviously, it would behoove both parties to rectify this as soon as possible so the Blue Jackets can get some guys in that can help the team. I'm not saying that Dubois will mail it in, but... Um, Yeah, if a guy doesn't want to be there, you don't want him hanging around longer than necessary. So, uh, really interesting storyline to keep an eye on. And I wouldn't expect the Bruins have the pieces to put a deal like that together, but uh, it would be amazing if if they could. Last night, of course, there were a handful of games to kick off the season. Tori Krug and the Blues beat the Avalanche 4-1, which is a bit of, not I guess not a surprise. The Blues are very good. Although Mike Hoffman was not in the lineup due to quote-unquote visa issues. The Canucks beat the Oilers. Lightning raised their Stanley Cup banner in a 5-1 win over the Blackhawks. Flyers beat the Penguins 6-3. And the Maple Leafs beat the Canadians in overtime in probably the most entertaining game of the night. Um, The Vegas Golden Knights kick off their season tonight with Mark Stone as their new captain. Uh, which was pretty cool to see. I'm a big Mark Stone fan. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. Obviously very excited to get things going tonight. And yeah, hoping to watch a Bruins win tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this new lineup. uh, Minus Chara and Krug. Yeah, I miss them, but you know, that's in the past. We're moving on. New pieces. Again, looking at things half glass full and amped to see some of these young guys in action. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for your support. 
up to 600 followers now on Twitter. Please do give that a follow if you haven't already. And we'll be back tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game, as well as, I believe, uh, this week in hockey as well. Take care, friends. Happy Thursday.